0: Hello. Today is August 8th, 2016 and um, we're here in Cobble Hill. My name is Taina Evans and I'm here with Kat Greenleaf. And we are interviewing for the Owl Streets, Our Stories project of Brooklyn Public Library. And we're going to begin with Kat telling us, uh, what's your Brooklyn story? Well, my Brooklyn story starts long before my own story when my grandparents came, no, my great-grandparents came uh, from Poland, Germany, Russia, nobody can really tell because apparently the lines were pretty blurred back then, Uh, but it wasn't good where they were, and they came here to make it better. Uh, Super classic story, my great-grandfather signed his name with an X, lived in a dugout while he became a builder in Brighton Beach and Manhattan Beach area, and the buildings that he built with Pencil sketches are still standing. Wow, it's magical. Every time I say that, bells go <laughs> off. <laughs> and um, and my grandfather and his brother then joined in the business with him, and it was called K and Sons. Their last name was Kozanovsky. Uh, you know, however you spell that, is anyone's guess. It got shortened to Kaye, and again. The apartment buildings that they ended up building together still stand, and my mom and her sister had their own apartment on Oriental Boulevard. Mm -hmm. It Oriental Avenue. Anyway, Oriental. Uh, So can you imagine? I mean, I won't let my sons out of my sight for 10 seconds. They lived with like a governess or something clear across the building. So... (laughs) That's how they started life in Brooklyn, but the saving grace was that they lived across the street from their grandparents. So my mom developed this incredible obsession with history and she used to quiz her grandparents every Friday and then she wrote a book called America Fever, which was all about emigration to America. And before Ellis Island was Nancy like it is now, she was there doing research and uh, And that led her to another book called Children Through the Ages, which was studying childhood through the games of children in different countries and at different times, which of course is fascinating considering her own parents were like, peace out, we're not interested in what you're (laughs) up to, Uh, but she then became very interested, and then... She wrote a book called Help, which was a handbook for working mothers. That's right. Help, Help, uh, a handbook for working mothers, um, which even though I make fun of it and it was hard being the test case for that, uh, I stand on her shoulders now. If it wasn't for people like my mom, I wouldn't feel so, I wouldn't have taken on a life in the work world as easily and it never occurred to me not to work. And I love working. So, uh, however, when you're four and you're doing your own laundry or trying to it's it's not pretty and so as a result i now do not cook and do not do laundry because those are the things that i'm supposed to do and then she wrote a book called Ford Merch to freedom which was about a Philip randolph and it was for kids and um a Philip randolph is the sort of the pullman car porters Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's interesting what passes for uh or what passed for a children's book then, I think might be a little heavy handed, no. uh, compared to a children's book now, there are no thought bubbles, but anyway, so, that, uh, so that's where that side of the family started in Brooklyn. My father's side of the family started in Flatbush, and my grandfather uh, lived on oh. President Street, all different parts of President Street, and I have this theory that everyone in Brooklyn, I mean everyone who comes to sit on my stoop for the show, lived on President Street, had a relative on President Street. Like, President Street is the great connector. It's that a lot. So they stayed there for a long time. And let me tell you that when they moved to Long Island to get away from Brooklyn, they would be rolling in their graves right now to know that I beat a path back here. Um, my husband, my then fiance and I were living on the Lower East Side and we got married at Brooklyn Borough Hall because I knew I would always Moved to Brooklyn. I just knew it. And uh, Johnny Johnson was the name of the officiant. And boy, did she hate us because we couldn't afford a big New York wedding. So we just like all showed up at Borough Hall. And I had a miniskirt on. We were all yelling and cheering, and she was not into it. We had a blast. So that happened, and then very shortly thereafter, we moved to Prospect Heights, and next to Tom's Diner on um, Tom's Restaurant on Washington and Sterling. And that was sort of a magical place to be. And then the Brooklyn Museum went through its whole renovation and it became a real neighborhood hub. And we had friends who lived on Wyckoff Street in Cobble Hill and had always hung over their fence saying, one day we're gonna own that house next door drunk. We were drunk at barbecues and we would say, I'm gonna own that house. And it was sort of in disarray. It was, the house was a little rambley. And um, one day we get a phone call and It's a man who says, I understand that you'd like to buy my mother's house. She just passed away. Here's the price. Uh, And he gave it to us at about half the market rate. So this is 2006, height of the market. And he gave it to us at half the value because somebody had given him a deal on his first home, which allowed him to build his family and and make them safe in different houses around Brooklyn. And he wanted to do the same for a nice young family. And this was before we had kids or anything. Uh, But this house has been the biggest blessing and it's, it's like I said from 1890 and uh, say what you will about spirits or ghosts or haunted or whatever but mm-hmm. here's the deal yeah. when my so my yeah. sons were adopted and I always knew we were gonna adopt and every time an adoption situation came up the vibe in the house just rose and my husband and I saw lights everywhere so we went to Louisiana to pick up my son all those lights were bouncing off them. And it was like we felt accompanied by this house. And then we came to find out that the daughter, one of the daughters who lived in this house, had had a back-alley abortion and she passed away. And she was laid to rest right here. And I really believe that all those mamas in this house really wanted to have a baby in here. And then with my second son, it's, it's been the same. And for all the trials and tribulations of raising two children not to mention two spirited boys this is a a real house of joy and then here speaking of ghosts here's another crazy thing so my little guy truman is uh he's really an empath he really sees and he kept telling me there's a guy called larry who's stuck larry is stuck and so i called somebody a shaman and i said we're having this issue do you want to come over she did her thing she says, Larry is at peace. He's with his people. That night, my basement flooded. So yes, Larry was stuck. He like had his finger in the dike. And then, boom, the whole thing floods. And now we've had floods ever since. So Larry, come back wherever you've gone. I'm so happy with your people. But we are now dealing with the flooding basement. Uh, so that, that's true. That's real life in an 1890 brownstone in Brooklyn. and uh, We were actually the last awning on the block, the red and white metal awning and we took it off and the neighborhood cheered, which I now really feel badly about because it was like, they might as well have been yelling, gentrification, gentrification, you know. Uh, I wanted to say, but we didn't even, we paid half price, but anyway. uh, But I tell the story about what happened to us with the paying half price because I really believe in the real estate miracle and I want everybody to know that that's true and it can happen and to not settle because it's out there and it's certainly happened to us and it's allowed us to, to have this show and to, I have a real life in New York, you know, an outdoor space and a million dogs. And we are it, lucky, doesn't describe it, you know, mm-hmm. just so so beyond, beyond. I mean, um, you touched on a lot and it's an incredible stories, <laughs> but I wanted to know um, what is your favorite, I guess, area here, um, restaurant or, or Brooklyn or well, like, it, it's actually Coney Island. Um, And that is because, okay, so, listen, being in love with Brooklyn, as I was for a long time, and when I was a a regular reporter, I really had a real thing for Brooklyn, and so Marty Markowitz was like God to me, and I'll never forget, I was sitting at my desk one day, and the phone rang, and I, I... First of all, when did I ever sit at my desk? So that was weird. And when did I ever answer the phone? So that was weird. And then I have uh, I have the president for you. And I was like, <gasps> It was like you might have said the president, the president himself, you know, and I so I answered and and he said, Cat, this is Marty. Um, I want you to be the, the mermaid queen, the queen of the mermaid, right? And I didn't know what it was, but I was like, Whatever, I'm in and that started our my husband, my long friendship with Marty and Jamie Markowitz, and I got to be Queen mermaid of the parade and um so we got to dance down the beach and you know cut the ribbon at Coney Island and start the summer and so I really have a soft spot for people that get that grown-ups who get that into dressing up and going bananas you okay right everybody and uh you know it's interesting I don't drink alcohol and everybody it's it's um, it's a sport you must drink alcohol there so as a person who was sober and watching it I felt like I could appreciate it that much more you know because I really saw all the passion and love that went into it with clear eyes not not um, boozy eyes <laughs> beer <laughs> goggles so that was a special thing I'll always love Coney Island for that yeah it's fine. yeah maybe you know what here's why I don't love Coney Island. I'm sorry so then we oh. went on the freaking uh, the cyclone and we sat in the back car and I didn't know why people didn't sit in the back car and my husband threw his hip out and that's yeah your neck your hip it's a disaster uh, so I don't recommend that. But the ballpark at Coney Island. So, you know, being on TV is a funny thing. It's like you get to do all this cool stuff for no reason except that you're on TV. But I did get to throw out uh the first pitch at a game and that was um really special. Not I can't throw anything. No you know that no one would have asked me to do that unless I was on TV. But my sons got to watch that and um you know, they were into it, man, <laughs> and that made me happy. So Brooklyn has, has been delicious to us, has been really great. And, um, you know, we leave a dog sitting out on the stoop, you No, know, everyone's just kind to them. People take pictures and they're just warm. People are warm, you know, and even when the double-decker bus goes by, the tours, you know, I wave, they wave, it's not obnoxious, it's not intrusive, It's it's comforting. It makes me feel safe um, probably overly so but it does do you have a, a library story living in Brooklyn yeah well every time i moved to in your neighborhood ever since I graduated school I got a library card um, and yeah mm-hmm. oh, you gotta have it and I will be honest I was a little bummed when I saw the library card was like like a credit card. It wasn't like a laminate. Like, I kind of remember. you know, times there are changing, right? It's like the subway tokens. You know, when I moved back to New York, because uh, I lived in Westchester as a young person and then moved with my family to California, but you know, once a New York Jew, always a New York Jew, this is where I was always headed. And it was the Metro card, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then my first day using it, it wouldn't go through, it wouldn't go through. And the man goes, ma'am, too much flair. Like, I was like, too much flourish with the Metro card. So that was. Not cool. Anyway, so then I looked, uh, once we got into this neighborhood, well, I'm sorry, I need to back up for a second. The gorgeous library on Eastern Parkway in Grand Army Plaza, now that was our library when we lived over there in Prospect Heights, and that is what libraries should look like if you ask me. I mean, just grand and inspiring, with lots of programming, and it felt well-funded. When we got here, there's a sweetness to the library. But it doesn't feel as inspiring. And for our children, I want them to be turned on by reading, and they are luckily because um, they go to Success Academy, and we are reading like maniacs, um, which is fantastic. And in a time where screens are such a big deal, and you know they read books, but our library is—it's sweet, but it's not. Uh, it's not awesome and I mean awesome in the real meaning of the word not like California awesome Um, but but listen any place where books get to hang out together and people can talk about them is okay by me oh and sorry not to mention there's a lot of book action in this neighborhood so Book Court is a great great bookstore um, and they have a lot of readings and I think there's something about hearing an author read I heard uh, John Irving read Mm Ohamini when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and it made such an impression to hear the author if they're a really good reader um, tell the tale it's it's something else so we do go to readings at book court and we've just lost the community bookstore which was on the corner which uh, I thought for years was the communist bookstore. It wasn't until just recently, I lived here 10 years, but I was like, oh, community. Uh, and the guy would smoke and he would open at weird hours. And so, even though it was a store and not a library, I thought it was a very cool commitment to, you know, books of an of earlier time. And the books that I get there do all smell like cigarette smoke. So it's disgusting. And anyway, that's that. <laughs> so, but, I, but I do hope that at library and schools that the kids do get read to, because it's something else. I still remember Miss Quinn reading to me when I was at Central School. I looked forward to it every week. Um, is there um, any other venue here that, that you have a connection to, or Cross Street a particular? Um... Yeah. Yes. So there's a little park called Cobble Hill Park on Congress Street and then there's a little street behind it called Veranda Place and it looks like these little jewel box houses like little gumdrops you know and the yeah the park is just gorgeous and we go there and we do homework or my little guy's four so what kind of homework but you know we read books and we climb on the teeny little slide and it just feels so manageable. And I think for me, and I know for my husband as well, that's what makes living in New York City doable, is that we have these things that are really, um, we can wrap our hands around. If I have to take the subway into Manhattan, I feel like I'm being crushed by humanity. And here, I don't feel that way at all. And um, you know, our family is multicultural and we don't stick out here. We also live upstate a lot of the time. We stick out, I mean, stick out. (laughs) <laughs> and I starting with Democrats. And then you uh, add Jews and then add multiculti and they're like don't know what the fuck to make of us. But uh the library culture there is really steep and deep because it's the only thing going on. So we are there all the time and that um it's the only thread that's the same. We go to the library there, we go to the library here, the park there, the park here. My husband and I like to be able to uh feel like we're really connect to the activities we do, not sending our kids off to a movie, and I'm not listening if that's your thing, that's your thing, it's just not what we do, and the library and the parks here have allowed us to feel very involved in what our kids do after school, which is nice. So for future um, generations, is there anything that we probably didn't touch on that you wanna say about Cobble Hill or Brooklyn um, in general? Yes. Mm-hmm. What I would say is that Brooklyn is not a brand. Brooklyn is not artisanal, small-batch, organic, fake lumberjack, mustache, beards, and gin made in the bathtub. It's <laughs> generations and generations of stories and heartbreak and joy and pride and hope and not to get melodramatic but every year when you see those lights that where the twin towers go up and you can see them perfectly from here remember that so many of those firefighters were right from Brooklyn so many police officers right here in downtown Brooklyn and no one's wearing it on their sleeve no one's asking for pity the families that lost their fathers and sons and brothers Proud New Yorkers, and it really—you can feel it. There is no bullshit in real Brooklynites. Um, Now, some might say, "Well, you've only lived in Brooklyn 15 years; you you can't say you're a Brooklynite." Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you can say that, but uh, it's not how I feel. I feel Brooklyn through and through, and and especially the way that this place has embraced my sons and our family, and the way we we live, which isn't standard, Uh, but the not standard feels standard here. And I lo- Oh, and, sorry, one more, <laughs> the, uh, there's something about this block in particular that I've always felt was very musical, and there's a, a music store called the Musician's General Store in the corner, and I went in one day, and the man said, his name is Mingo, he said, I'm so happy you showed up, I've been waiting for you to come here, he said, "Cat, I grew up in a band in your house, what's well, now your house, and I guess the deal was that this poor kid had alopecia, know, mm-hmm. his hair fell out, and so he had no friends and he used to listen to this band and he didn't know how to play any instruments but he felt like he could be part of the scene because they would do band practice right here. And then one day the bass player didn't show up and he jumped in and that started his life in music. It gave him a sense of place, it gave him a sense of belonging and that happened right here in this house. And so when the show started, it just, on a whim, I, I feel like there's something in the soil, on this block, in this neighborhood that just It's so vibrant, it's so musical, it's so alive, and that that to me is...